Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song and through studying his word. You join us as we come together and sing Everlasting God. yourselves comfortable and so welcome it is good to be able to to, to worship God 
and to, get, to come together, whether in line or, or in person, online or in person, it's good to have you here. Uh, we're going to come, we're going to sing songs, uh, we're going to practice, right? Because one of these days that trumpet's going to blow and he's gonna, we're going to fly, and I'm going to fly, and, and we're going to meet him in the air, and I, it doesn't matter whether I'm dead already or not, I'm going to fly, right? And uh, so, so we're going we're gonna to worship around his throne for eternity. And, uh, and what a wonderful thought that that is to see God in all of his glory. And that's the thing we have to look forward to. So, a reminder, today was the day that we'd like to have your boxes, okay? So, if you didn't get your box today, if you'll, if you'll bring it to the office this week, that would be great. So that we can take it to uh, the MBA office and, and turn that in. And then it starts its journey, right? And it makes its way, it'll make its way like to Chicago, to the processing center or Atlanta, and then eventually on a plane and overseas, and some kid gets it. Now, you've done a good job of picking out things that you think that they will like and they will use, and the one thing that gets packed in there before it leaves the processing center is the gospel presentation. And most certainly, we pray that as those kids get the boxes, boys and girls and their parents have an opportunity to hear the good news, the only news that provides hope for eternity. And so in a, in a world where we're battling COVID, it's nice to know um, Jesus. Okay, so I'll put it that way. So the deal was, if we got like, wasn't it 2,000 boxes? Yeah. No. Something like, if there were no empty boxes here? Yeah, I think I, there are empty boxes here, but let's see if we can't do this. This is what you guys have been waiting for. Okay, see, there we go. All right. Let's do the important part. Let's pray, okay? Pray for these boxes as they go. Pray for the gospel, whether it goes out through these boxes or out from a pulpit here or someplace else, that people would respond to the, to the good news, respond to the hope that's there. And for us that know Christ, that we become a brighter light. Let's pray. Father, we, we give you the thanks and the honor and the praise. Thankful, Lord, for what you've done for us, Lord, in sending your Son to die on the cross, that through him we might have forgiveness of sins. Father, we pray for these boxes, Lord, that as... As they go out, Lord, as they are opened up, Father, the opportunity to share the gospel would be in that book with those that are, that are leading in this. Father, I pray that the word would be heard and they would respond. Father, not only for those that come out of the boxes, but Father, for the words that go out today, Lord, here and in countless other churches across this nation and around this globe. Father, I pray that as the word goes out, people would respond. Father, we're praying for more than a cure for COVID. We're praying for a cure for sin. We're praying, Father, that it is there, Lord. And Father, we pray that people would respond to that and come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and have that hope and that eternal home in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.
through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I love you, Lord, and I live. If you have your Bibles, you follow along the Bible app, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to wrap this book up. We're going to wrap this book up. Matter of fact, I looked, I didn't realize how long we'd been in it. It's like 21 weeks that we have been in it, and uh, we could have spent more time in it. It's a, it's a great book, and there's a lot of things that I think that we learned, and it encourage you to do that. I encourage you to look back at that book, and I'll, I'll challenge you at the end with that. So, when we come to the 16th chapter, the, the, the last chapter of Paul's letters all kind of take this on at some point. Uh, some of you are going to recognize this. I'll put this up on the screen. The operator said 40 cents more for the next three minutes. So that makes no sense to, to the younger audience. But there was a day when you had to use a payphone to call people. And you'd get on the payphone and you'd put your money in and you'd call somebody and, and pretty soon, the money that you'd put in, the time was expiring, and a voice would come on there. It's like, I mean, you're passionately talking to some girl you think's cute, right? And you think you have this private moment, and the operator says, hey, you need 40 cents more, buddy, <laughs> if you want to continue this groveling, whatever. And, and so you'd have to put money in the slot. So time was running out. 
And we're used to that now. We have Zoom, and there's a limit on what you've got, right? I mean, you can't just go on. Uh, there, there was a time when that was, that, that was normal in our life. And so when Paul comes to the last part of this letter, it, it seems like he's crammed a lot of stuff in. It's as if the operator's saying, hey, you, you need more money or you've got to quit. And so you try to, try to wrap that up. Now, let's look at what Paul talks about. Let's do an overview of what he's talking about in this chapter. So he talks about a collection for the saints. They had been collecting money for the saints at Jerusalem. That was something that was going on. Paul says, do that before I get there, because I don't want to be the guy coming and give when I'm there. I want you to have it ready. And then he talks about sending it. He also gives a little bit of idea of his traveling plans. He's in Ephesus, I believe, at this time. He intends to stay there longer, and he's going to travel a little bit more. But he intends to come and see them. Not for the offering, but he intends to come see them. And so he's going to do that. He talks about Timothy coming to them, because that's what Paul would do, right? Paul would send somebody and check it out. See what's going on at that church. See how you can help. And they also wanted to see Apollos. He's one of the guys that they wanted to see. And he talks about whether he would come or not. So that's included in these last bit of instructions. There's also a time of rejoicing and giving thanks, giving thanks for the ones that came to him and refreshed. We know how nice it is to see somebody. And, and particularly... You know, this COVID thing where we can't see people all the time, it's nice that when we get to do see, we do get to see people. And so Paul's talking about, and then he closes with greetings from the people that he's with back to the church of God at Corinth. So in the midst of that, we're going to look at two particular verses. Because in the midst of that, there's, you know, this is what's going on, but there's that passage where there's a reminder. There's a reminder to pay attention to what I've written to you. You know, sometimes you get a letter, and you read it, and you say, that's nice, I get an update on Aunt Sally and, and Uncle Joe and how they're doing, and, and that's pretty much it. And I know how they're, you know, what, what did the letter say? Well, they're doing fine, they're sitting on the beach, okay? That's, that's the letter. But there's other times when you write a letter, and here's what I need you to do. You know, and that's what Paul has written, right? Here's what you need to do. I know what's going on there, so here are the things that you need to do. So let's pick it up. This is in 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter, verses 13 and 14. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. Let's talk about those phrases. Let's break that down. The, the first one was be on the alert. Be on the alert. Let's talk about some of the things that Paul talked about in the letter up to this point. This is a reminder. I've written all this stuff to you. In a nutshell, be on alert, stand firm, be strong, do everything in love. That's kind of the four prerogatives that he gives to them. That's that be on the alert. He talks about false witnesses, false, excuse me, false teaching coming into church. They had lined themselves with people. And, and there were people that were going to come and they were going to do what? They were going to teach things that were contrary to the gospel that Paul had taught. We are subject to the same kind of teaching. Jesus didn't do enough for you. 
You need to do this, this, and this. And then we go back to a salvation that's based on works, not on faith. We live in that world. As a matter of fact, as soon as they can push in the works, the, the faith plus works, guess what happens? They push out Jesus altogether. You just got to be good and you'll go to heaven. You've heard that, right? You've lived that. You've experienced that. What, that's what Paul is saying. Be on the alert. Listen to what they're teaching because when they begin to teach those wrong things, you need to do what? Nip it in the bud. Move on. Move them on because they don't belong in the church teaching any longer. They need to be removed. They need to get it straight. They need to get it right. And so that's what the be on alert. Be on alert about the bad witness. Remember Paul talks about, I mean, they have unchecked sin going on in their churches. Not the whole church. It's one guy that's with his dad's wife. It's a messed up thing. Matter of fact, it's so messed up that the people outside of the church think it's wrong. That's how, you know, in a society that did a lot of things, they recognize that what you're allowing to go on inside of the church unchecked without saying anything about it. It's like driving down. The, you, you've been on the road and you've seen something. You're going, how can they not notice they have a flat tire? Why are they still driving? Why are, why are they driving with their coffee, coffee cup on top of the car, right? You know, why are they driving with their belt hanging, their nice belt, hanging out the side of the car, right? You've seen that. And, and, and you notice it, and you're going, man, we need to get their attention and have them pull over because they've got, they've, got, they've got to fix that. And so Paul says, be on the alert. Look at what does, a, what does a community that you're trying to witness to, what does the community see? Be aware, be on the alert of the witness that you're sending there. The allegiance issue that we talked about, where is our allegiance? It's to me, right? You, I say you do, right? I mean, that's where the allegiance is. Not at all. You guys practice that well, by the way. So, <laughs> the idea is our allegiance is to Christ. It's not to a man. It's not to Paul. It's not to Apollos. It's not to Peter. It's not to Cliff. It's not to Billy Graham. Okay? Our allegiance is where? To Christ. Be on the alert because sometimes what happens is we don't realize it, but we become so enamored in, in a person that our allegiance is no longer to Christ, it's to a, a person. That person didn't walk out of the grave overcoming death. Understand that. Remember that. He is like you and I. Be on the alert for Jesus is coming back in about 60 years. you got time to get ready. No, his return could be when? We, 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 we all will not, we may not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Remember that 1 Corinthians 15 chapter. The idea is what? Paul lived with an expectancy that we so dearly miss. Where are you planning on being next Sunday? Here, right? You should say, I plan on being in heaven unless he doesn't come back. Have that expectancy that in between now and then, he could take us out. Up. We'll figure the rough thing out later, but let's plan on going. Because we know Christ is our Lord and Savior. Being Lord, he could come back. And ask that question, are you living like he's coming back? 
Stand firm. Be on alert for all of these things and stand firm. Think about the things that Paul wrote and what they're going to see as a church. The persecution for the church had occurred and it was going to continue to grow. Those, those, the stand firm thing, the idea that you would be attacked, you would be belittled. Remember, they dealt with the resurrection issue. How did they deal with the resurrection? Why was the resurrection an issue? Paul told them. Jesus told them. The scriptures told them about the resurrection. But why did they have to deal? Why did Paul have to spend such time in dealing in depth about, yes, there is a resurrection. Yes, there are witnesses that, I don't know what happens to the body, but the body will be changed. How, how come he had to deal with all of those things? Because when you go out there and tell people, hey, would you like to be resurrected? Would you like to fly someday? Would you like to have eternal life? Do you know this Jesus walked out of his grave? They look at you like, no, that's nuts. You know that cannot happen. And what does that what do they do? They begin to cast the doubt. Stand firm. What you believe, even if the other guy doesn't, is right. Why? Because it is in God's word. You have the right. You have the, 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 the demand, the command to stand firm on the Word of God. It doesn't matter what the world says. Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He lives, and He is going to ride a white horse back through the clouds. I don't care if it sounds crazy, but that's the way that it is. That's what faith is about. Stand firm on what you've been taught. Stand firm on what the Scripture teaches. It's not that Paul taught it. It's Paul's teaching what the Scripture teaches. It bears it out. Peter teaches it. James teaches it. John teaches it. Jesus taught it. Stand firm on that. It is the gospel. Stand firm in your proper worship. Don't let that go slide in someplace else's side. And, 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 and where you're, you're looking at the me in it. Stand firm on where you're supposed to be. So, throughout the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is in a different culture than we are. And, and so, when I read this, this line here, don't be offended. Let's talk about what it means. It says, act like men, be strong. And I, yes, I know there are women who could beat me in an arm wrestling thing. Okay, it's not what it's about. It's about having a call to courage. Okay, a call to courage. You're gonna you're gonna have words of discouragement thrown at you. Be courageous in standing firm, in being on the alert. The persecution is going to come. You're going to be laughed at because of who you are. You're going to be ridiculed. They're going to want to change what you believe. Have courage to stand firm. It's one thing to tell you to stand firm. It's another to have that courage to stand there. Have that courage to stand there. Do you realize that you are not standing alone? You are not in this battle alone. God didn't just like, 
hey, I'm going to fly the old gospel plane over the enemy lines. I'm going to drop you in and then let me know if you make it back. It's not what he's done. He is there with you. The, 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 the meeting that Joshua had with God, I am with you. This battle isn't on your own. Now, I'm going to say this, and I hope it offends you. And if it does, then let's make that correction. If you're fighting this battle like it's all on you, you're fighting it wrong. If you're not trusting in Him and His strength, in His guidance, in His wisdom, in His power, and not in yours, you're doing it all wrong. We need to get that right. If you're standing there alone in your power, run for your life. But if you're standing there in His power, you've got nothing to worry about because God is bigger than all of your enemies. God is bigger than all of those who might persecute you, who might ridicule. God is bigger than the enemy that causes you to struggle as you try to make this transition into being a new creature and living a new life. You know, being a Christian just doesn't, well, I've accepted Christ and my whole life changed. You guys, that sanctification process starts and it doesn't finish until he calls you home. Understand, understand? So you're in the process of God's working on you. And, and, and he's, working, he's working on me a little harder. Okay? He's trying to get the lumps out and the problems out and trying to transform me into the new creation that he desires me to be. That didn't happen as soon as I accepted Christ. I was forgiven. I was justified. But I wasn't made what I will be. God's working on me. Have that courage. We just talked in the 15th chapter. What did Christ overcome? Death. He overcame death. Death had one, had what kind of record before Jesus walked out of the grave? He, the death was undefeated. That was one of those things. You know, that's why people have a problem with the resurrection because death cannot be beaten. Death was beaten. Who stands with you is the one who overcame death. Whose strength do you stand in? Not in your strength. You couldn't overcome death. You stand in the strength of the one who overcame death. And it goes back, I, I love this, this is what I titled it, let all that you do, let it be done in love. 1 Corinthians contains that 13th chapter, all about love, right? The greatest of these is love. And we use it for weddings and Valentine's Day and when we need to make points with our wife, right? You know, we, we pull that out. We, we pull that right out of there and we just use that. I mean, I, I love you, honey. We dealt with that in the midst of a group of people who were about gifts and drawing attention to themselves. I'm more gifted than you are. I have the gift that's superior to your gift. Take that. And so we would use the gift not to draw people to Christ, but for our own. We build ourselves up, and we, what, we, what do we do when we build ourselves up? What's the tendency that we do? We do it in the outside world. We just went through an election. 
What do we do at election time? Doesn't matter whether it's a president or somebody running for a, a local office. You listen to the people running in St. Louis. I don't even want to go to Missouri, right? They're, they got a bunch of bad people over there. Listen to everyone that ran. I mean, the other guy's a bad guy. So what do you do? To build yourself up, you put somebody else down. That's not the way that you and I should be. God has gifted us for the purpose of what? Edification. We build up. We do that because we have been loved, and we do this because we love. We never really had to, 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 to pull back at times because do you understand 1 Corinthians could be settled in this love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself? They weren't doing either one very well. Instead of loving God, they were loving Peter or Paul or Apollos or somebody else instead of loving Christ. They weren't loving their neighbor. They were loving themselves, but they weren't loving their neighbor. And, and, and Paul comes back and says, look, that's the way of the world. You are the church of God at Corinth, and you need to love everything you need to do. do needs to be done in love. The, the love for Him and the love. There are people out there who need to have the church as a gospel witness. They need to see that Jesus is the answer to their brokenness. Put off the me and put on Jesus. You, you guys, this falls on both men and women. Okay, you, 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 you watch the house show on the HGTV or wherever, on Channel 9, wherever you're watching this old house. And they show you what the house looks like at the beginning or what the kitchen looks like or whatever it is they're working on. And then you get to the after picture, right? And the after picture looks so much better than the before picture. If you're, if you're a car guy, you're watching one of those things on the car channel and, and they, they pull in this car that... It didn't, have any, it didn't have any of all the wheels on it. They had to drag it in on a flatbed. They dropped it off in the garage. And by the, by the end of the half-hour show, they've got a brand-new car walking out. I mean, it looks better than it was when it was in the showroom the first time. In a half an hour, I can't even get all the windows clean on my car. So, you know, in a half hour, they got that before and after. The after looks so much better after they've invested the time to make it so. Now, it didn't get that way if they didn't do anything, right? They had to, they had to break down walls. They had, to t they had to rip out the old and replace it with the new. They had to rip out the old on the car and put the new back in. Make it new. When you look at the church of God in Corinth at the beginning, I want to ask you this question. You read through the book of, of, of 1 Corinthians. We've read through this together. I'm going to encourage you to read through it again. What did the church look like? What did the church of God at Corinth look like? When you, when you read this, and you, you're going, they did what? They have, they, they have a guy sitting in the pews that's doing what? They all, they're, 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 having, they're having Lord's Supper like it's a, it's a potluck. Now, what, what's, what's going on? They don't believe in the resurrection. You know, that church is a mess, right? 
mean, really, you look at it, it, it's a mess. But Paul wrote this letter. I'm going to ask you this question. What could it become? What could it become? It's going to become, it could become more glorious than what you see on HGTV. Than what you see on the car channel. Because what happens? What happens at the church of God at Corinth if they listen to Paul, if they're on the alert, they stand firm, they have the courage, and they do everything in love? What happens if they go back over the letter and start, here's what Paul says, let's fix that problem. Let's fix this issue. Let's deal with this issue. Let's be about loving one another. What could the church become? What could the church become? I want us to think about this. Because do you understand, our church is not perfect. We could use a lot of, Paul could write a letter to us. And, and somebody from the outside would go, wow. Okay. But do you understand, we too often want to focus in on the faults rather than the possibilities. And when we walk away from the letter to the church of God at Corinth, let's focus on what it could become. You know what Paul's planning on doing? Paul's planning on coming to see the church. When you read through that, Paul's not planning on coming to fix the problems. Paul's planning on coming to see the fix. Because Paul loved that church because Christ loved that church. He knew what it could be. He just invested into it. You guys, here's the issues that I've heard about. Here's the issues that I see. Here's what you need to do. Do you realize a gem of Scripture that we have because they had problems? Do you realize what we've learned in light of COVID? How we've learned how to do church? How we've been forced outside of the walls? We want to focus on the what we can't do things instead of what we can do and what God is doing. We want to focus in on the problems of the church. I've got it. Corinth said, I'm, I'm glad I, I wouldn't have joined that church. You've got to see the possibilities because God is about seeing the possibilities of your life. You were trapped in sin and he took you and rescued you and now he's trying to form you into the creature that will worship before him for eternity. That's the power of transformation that God has in our lives. We're going to, write back, we're going to go back. We're going to read the first nine verses and close out here. But I want you to see this is what Paul saw the church as. It's a reminder of what you and I, the church of God at Carlinville, can become who we really are at this point. Let's read it first, verse 1. Paul called as an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, at Carlinville, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling. Hello, saints, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord, and ours. We're in, this, we're in a bigger body than this building. 
Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. The only way to get that grace. Even that in everything, excuse me, that in everything you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony concerning Christ was confirmed in you, so that you are not lacking in any gift. Do you understand? He's given you, he, you don't need to add anything to it. He has given you everything that you need. We are fully equipped. Awaiting eagerly the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. That revelation is the clouds being rolled back as a scroll as we sing. The trump sounding and the Lord descending who will also confirm you to the end blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful through whom you were called in the fellowship with His Son. Jesus Christ our Lord. John says it. Jesus said it. We're in His hand. And nobody, absolutely nobody, can pluck us out of His hand. That's who you are. You are. God's not running commercials that you need something else. You have everything that you need in Christ Jesus. It's time to unpack it and live it out. It's time if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is all offered to you. If you'll just ask, repent of your sins, and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The invitation time is open whether you're online. Reach out to us through Facebook. We'll respond. If you're here, you need to reach out. And, and if you need to make a, a, a commitment to God, and you want to do that in front of everybody else, so they can hold you accountable and so they can pray for you. You can make your way down here and pray. And I can pray with you. You can pray alone. But let's, let's pray. Let's, let's do that. Father, thank you for your power. Father, thank you for your words. Father, I pray that we will respond to your leading. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for joining with us this week online, in person. Let's pray that we are allowed to continue to do this. Do your part to stay healthy out there, to, to do those things that we can do. And pray, okay? Wearing a mask is enough. Pray, okay? Read your scripture. This week I'm asking you to read Acts 19 and 20, Psalm 73 through 76, Proverbs 14, and Esther 5 and 6. And then bonus time if you go back and read the entire letter of 1 Corinthians. I know it's 16th chap, 16 chapters and, and it took us months to get through, but I think you can read it a little quicker than I preached it. So, thank you.